Welcome everyone, 5-17-2022. It's hot outside. Hey, we're gonna talk about chapter three of Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump to the end and talk about the summary action steps. And we'll see if we can wrap it in a bow uh, as, as we go back uh, to the beginning. Summary action steps on page 90. Identify your best three habits. Those that support your most important goal. Then number two, identify your three bad habits that take you off course from your most important goal. Three, identify three new habits you need to develop to put yourself on track towards your most important goal. Number four, identify your core motivation. Discover what gets you fired up and keeps you fired up to achieve big results. Five, find your why power. Design your concise, compelling, all-inspiring goals. And then he gives us a pitch for living, uh, for using his uh, journal about big goals and living your best year ever. Anybody else that more about Identify three new habits you need to, to uh, wait a minute. I know, identify your three bad habits that take you off course from your most important goal. Let's talk about that for a minute. Assuming you know your most important goal, what's a habit that takes you off, off course? Right. Go ahead, David. Do what? No procrastination. <laughs> yeah. Cold call reluctance. Yeah. Too much TV. Yeah. <laughs> Paul? Uh, I had something now. I forgot it. I think I think my thing is um um and i do this and i used to when, when i used to be a store manager at walmart i hated when my assistant managers did it but i i can fall into it too and that is not completing one thing before i start the next thing because i'll be in the middle of quoting somebody and then i'll have somebody else call me and then somebody else call me and somebody else call me next thing you know, i got like four things in the middle that i'm working on at the same time which drags out and then i'm like well, what the first thing i'm working on i'm like Man, I'm really don't even know where I'm at on it. Have I already quoted through all our carriers? Where am I at? If I, you know, if I printed the quote, heck, I don't even know. So I think that's the number one thing I think I'd be uh, to do if to get better is just to finish one thing. I mean, yeah, I got to answer the phone, but you know, sometimes I'll end up starting to quote the next person where I shouldn't even really do that until I finish the first thing. The other thing I do, I have a chance to is I try to uh, always tell people I'll be right, I mean, I'll have them quoted like as soon as possible, which some people don't care if it's as soon as possible. If the closing's not for like six weeks, they could care less. Other, but I mean, of course I'm trying to be you know, responsive, but uh, you know, I need to do a better job of really asking people what their expectations are. If, if they're not in a rush, then that's like, that's not as important. But a lot of people are in a rush. Sometimes people will call and say, like I had one last week that I bought a house this morning. I needed insurance before, before, before the end of the day. 
because they have already closed and they paid cash and they just never got an insurance policy for it. So, so those are kind of the big things, I think. Other people's saw the, I've got a little pamphlet around here, some little booklet, it's the tyranny of the urgent. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then I heard the perceived urgent. You know, yeah. They asked us if you want to provide it real quick, kind of like me when the phone rings, I want to answer the phone. I think I need to answer every phone call. And um, except when I call that, what's that? <laughs> I said, except when I call. Right? Except when you call. I, I did. I remember getting in my truck. I'm just I busting had A couple of phone calls I was going to make from the truck, and one of them was you. And I had to figure out who the other one was because uh, there were a couple of people I needed to call last Friday. And then I got in my truck, my air conditioning was blowing hot air. Uh, hadn't driven it in a couple of weeks since it got so hot. And um, um, uh, uh, and had to roll the window down and can't talk on a phone and, uh, with the window down. Uh, Herdy, how about you? What's a bad habit uh, that takes you off course? Patience. Patient. Oh, oh, am I? Yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah, no, we're patience because because I get so many. I'm like, in a way, it kind of it ties into what Paul said, because uh, I manage like about 250 YouTube channels and I manage like about 50 Google business uh, pages. Right. And uh, it takes a lot of patience to go through step after step after step on these on these channels. So I get frustrated with them sometimes because I've given instructions out 30 times and then I have to go back and still fix a problem uh, that should have been done by the client. But hey, part of it, but patience, my number one thing. I hadn't thought deep enough into there two things, but I'm sure there's a couple. Yep. Hey, Tom, we're talking about, we jumped to the end of the chapter with uh, the summary action steps. And one of them is identify your three bad habits that take you off course from your most important goal. What's one, what's one of your bad habits besides Diana back there? What, what else is a bad habit? Hey. <laughs> well, let's see. I, uh, I have AT&T Wi-Fi. I'm sorry? And if my, I have AT&T Wi-Fi. If my dad were still alive, he would be sick to the stomach. Y'all just came out here to hook up a house, turn off the whole freaking neighborhood. <laughs> and that is the quality of people we got. I swear to God, I pay them. because they take it out of my account, they will I'll stop on that. Um, you know, <laughs> for me, you know, it, it's like, uh, the things that I don't have control of and you can't make people do stuff they're not going to do. So, you know, if I can get someone to like, start listening to that process early, that would be a good way for me to, you know, how do I deal with that behavior? I get frustrated, but you know, what, what you, you talk about Danny, frustration means you're mad, <laughs> but it, it, it is, it's like where you're, you know, I, I, I they look to me for success, but it's kind of like when they don't help you and you're supposed to do it. Like, Hey, Danny, get me mortgage loan, but I don't want to give you numbers. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lady one time loan application. Called her to ask her about uploading documents. And she said, We're not closing for a month. Why do you need these documents that are so far ahead of time? <laughs> um, there you go. But let's, 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 so, so think about your answers right there. 
Uh, uh, and I mean, I look at my bad habits. Um, uh, you know, I have a bit of a of a, a deal with shiny objects and squirrels. You know that uh, I'm in the middle of something and I let uh, I like a phone call. I I don't know if I'm fearful of missing a deal or just want to be available, but every time a phone calls, except when Paul to Spain calls, I want to, I, I want to answer that phone. And uh, Paul reminded me a while ago, Tom, that I didn't return his call Friday afternoon. <laughs> and when I said that while ago, anyway, um, the, you know, I also get, um, yeah, I'm trying right now to figure out when I need to be at my desk, uh, doing follow-throughs, calling people uh, do, you know, that I've connected with, met out networking. Um, uh, you know, I've got a pretty good size database. When I just need to be doing that versus uh, going to meet new people. Yeah, you know, I uh, went to bed last night thinking, you know, I think you have margin uh, just an, an at desk day. I actually thought that starting off yesterday and then realized, oh, I got a one o'clock uh, luncheon with somebody. Then they got asked to stop by the office and, uh, you know, got home at 445. I mean, I'll I just quickly say, I think if I were really ahead of this process, I want to, I'm going to review all my steps to manage client expectations not manipulate, but to really manage and to let them know why certain actions help them versus, you know, I'm in this, you know, fire drill mode because of what they do, like you mentioned, why do you need the documents a month in advance? But if I can manage their expectations about why I need certain things, it's not, it, it's not just to help me, it's to help them. And maybe I don't do as good a job of describing that. I try to, but I think that if you get out ahead of that for action steps, it's way before you need it. Yeah. Because my Achilles heel is patience. And finally, I just go, well, okay, boom, I hit the button. I extend your return later. They go, why'd you extend? Because I didn't have data. And, and, I mean, you know, like, wh why didn't you fund my loan, Danny? I didn't have data. Yeah. Yep. What about you, Herdy? You were going to say something. Well, what I was going to say was the key to that question is, is the word habit. These aren't things that are just uh, tomorrow and Tuesday. They're every freaking day of our life, right? That are driving us absolutely crazy. So these are things we have to reverse. They're hard. Uh, you know, when I say I don't have patience, I mean, that's going to take a little bit to unwind because every situation I'm put in with the kind of schedule I keep for my clients keeps my patience level really off so so uh how do i rework that i'm gonna jump number three for just a minute but then i want to go back into the book so the number three was on the, this is a summary action steps on page 90 identify three new habits you need to develop to put yourself on track towards your most important goal all right, right. now my most important goal uh, uh, this 12-week period, this is week number five. Most of you guys know, David heard me talk about it too, I think, that I work in these 12-week 
periods, okay? And it helps me, it gives, during that period I measure, evaluate and correct how well did I, you know, and, and what I'm measuring is tasks it takes to, to get to that goal. And then, you know, uh, how well did I obtain the task? And ideally, the way uh, Moran and Lennon can teach it in the 12-week-old book is that you, um, uh, um, you know, you outline, you lay out your task, and then how well did you, every day you grade yourself on each of your tasks. I've developed a point system. By the way, I'm teaching this right here, same time, same place, uh, same link on Thursday if you want to um, uh, um, uh, want to sit in on it. But Danny, what, what in your in your twelve week goals? What happens to the other four weeks? Well, how do you use those? Okay, the four weeks. So at the end of this twelve weeks, you take a week off. You still, okay. You'll work. Do whatever you need to do. Right. Right. You're really evaluating and correcting. Okay. 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 Um, uh, this twelve weeks, I'm going to ask the, you know you guys to maybe do a uh, some type of brainstorm with me about here's what I accomplished. I'm being I'm being more diligent than I've ever been tracking. Okay. okay. And, uh, uh, and 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 then just you know brainstorm okay what do i need to do the next 12 weeks and you start these at any time i my my week start on monday okay and run through sunday that's the way i've got that's the way i work and okay. uh, uh so yeah so okay. that, 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 number three is identify three new habits you need to develop to put yourself uh, on track toward your most important goal okay well i look at it and you know i've got I'm fairly habitual in the mornings of my mornings, but um, sometimes I can, I've got a habit of getting too wrapped up in something um, uh, and, you know, not, uh, you know, this morning I've running late, been running 30 minutes late all day. Okay. And I've made both of my appointments today, but I, but I've, I felt like I've been running behind. I've met three appointments. I had my, at a 10 o'clock at the chamber in Cedar Park, I had a noon lunch, and then this 2 o'clock. I've met all of that. Some of my in-between stuff, you know, I, I give myself uh, about uh, uh, three open hours uh, uh, between uh, uh, 8 and 6 to help David and Rich, you know, our loan officers uh, that need help. Uh, so I've been behind on some of that type stuff today, but uh, I've also been, I've been getting, I've had a habit of not getting up till 6 late. So I'm thinking right now that maybe my habit is I need to I need to get back to five and just you know crawl my lazy ass out of bed. So uh, so thinking about that and going back to the beginning and um, um, you know some of these you know some of these this stuff I've got marked like Aristotle says we are what we repeatedly do. Uh, habit is defined by Webster's as an acquired mode of behavior that has become nearly or completely involuntary. So my workout routines and um, that has become incredibly involuntary. And uh, uh, and it, I've taught myself 
that I can develop something. I can develop a new habit, new, which is literally, if you if you studied any neuroplasticity, that's a new uh, path in your brain. Hurdy, you're walking. You're you're like that. If you don't get your walking in, you it's it's a habit. You just need to go walking, right? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so I think about that, David, you mentioned the call reluctance, the cold, I like what you said, cold call reluctance. And- uh, uh, I don't blame yeah. you there. Yeah, and yeah, I need to make a hundred calls into my database, not cold, not pure cold calls. Some of them have been so long since I called them, they are cold. Yeah. Um, so so Danny calls those in the, in, the, in the paragraph before the end chapter, he calls that, uh, you mentioned something about the brain, it's developing new patterns and grooves. Uh, a groo uh, 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 he describes those new habits as grooves. And here's the funny thing. He says, be patient with yourself as you're working through this. That's kind of, that's kind of a joke, but. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, I, I, can, I can give myself permission to not be patient, even though I'm working on patience. Okay, that's great, okay. Well, well, hey, hey, Tom, you said something about what you, you said about uh, frustration and mad. Frustration leads to, uh, to, to mad, okay? But, you know, uh, uh, but frustration comes from confusion. If, when you're in confusion, ask yourself what you're, I'm sorry, when you're in frustration, ask yourself what you're confused about. And typically we're confused you're like, you know, I've got a loan deal right now that I'm frustrated about. And I'm, I'm confused. What's confusing about it is they've changed some underwriting guidelines on the loan. And I'm confused about what the underwriting guidelines are on. So now we're getting creative on how we're working up this guy's income and try, trying to come up with new ways to work up his income Finding more, some, uh, you know, uh, start getting creative about you know, asking other questions. Realize that uh, there's an issue with the property taxes. This was a $3.4 million deal. So there's a little bit of money there. So you, so you back up and then you become less frustrated. And uh, uh, for a while, in a way, so uh, uh, and you work through stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I've heard of that on page 89, creating new habits and burning new grooves in your brain will take time. Be patient with yourself. If you fall off the wagon, brush yourself off and get back on. Yeah, yeah I have a hard time not beating myself up. And uh, so back uh, to the beginning of the chapter and uh, coming forward a little bit, if anybody's got any, uh, anything underlined or highlight, you know, it says start by thinking your way out of the instant gratification trap. Yeah, so 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 that's the society we live in. So we're programmed for everything to be instantly at our fingertips. Um, I was I was just looking, thinking back on this a little bit, uh, Danny, and and I, I'm thinking that so much of this book deals with outward things we could work on that are seen, but I'm talking about things like patience, my perception of myself, uh, my self-awareness, um, uh, 
things that beat me up in my head, right? That stinking tape we we played our whole lives, whatever that is, right? That gets triggered every once in a while. Those are the things that I struggle with to get toward my end results. Uh, it not necessarily being organized, not stuff in my job, but more stuff with all those uh, influences. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. I just I just know that's the things that I know uh, keep me held back right, that I have to work on. Okay, I mean, um, so we'll go back to the last chapter about choices. Now, is it right that at, at, if you make better choices, the, you need less patience? Ozark or Yellowstone? I couldn't make up my mind. I, I tried. What's that? I said Ozark or Yellowstone. I, I don't know which one. I'm kidding. No, being I, a film, I get that. Being, being a film guy, it I, I wa uh, you laugh, but being a no, videographer, I, I, no, I'm laughing. Being a video, I'm no, with you. no, being a videographer, I like watching this stuff because I get ideas uh, from watching. So part of that is what I have to do because it gives me ideas for new scenes or new ways to do stuff or. You know, how to launder so, money. Yeah, how to launder money. Um, you know, how to, yeah, all that stuff. Right. Have you, have right. you watched Boss Legacy yet, Hurdy? No, don't, don't start. It's don't, brand, don't, it's don't brand even, new. It's brand new. Don't even, don't Bosch even let Legacy. My, don't, brand new. We'll okay. go on here. On page Great. 56, but I dropped that one and we'll move on. Most people drift <laughs> through life without devoting. Think about this. I, I think about this. And, and how I was until my, you know, I've had periods, but anyway, most people drift through life without devoting much conscious energy to figuring out specifically what they want and what they need to do to take themselves there. I mean, you know, I think I told a couple other David and Rich and I talked about it on uh, Friday afternoon, but, you know, uh, uh, you know, I know Hurdy knows this, but, you know, I have a, I take time every morning. 15 to 30 minutes. Uh, some days I'm wanting to be through in five to seven minutes. Sometimes I'm realizing it, it's, it's running 30 minutes. Normally I schedule 15. I'm going to take 15 minutes and I'm going to look at my schedule. Uh, I'm going to, there's a few things I do that I call in my dailies, but, uh, but, but I'm going to um, uh, look at my schedule for the day and I'm going to pray into that day. And part of that pray, prayer is I'm going to I'm going to think about every meeting that I have and how I want it to go. If somebody asked me, yeah, I started saying in about 1993 and for years, uh, you know, David Roy of uh, 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 Whitlock there at the office. So he started working with me back in the mid nineties. And uh, he called me the other day and left a message. And when I called him back, he said, you don't change your voicemail every day anymore. And I stopped that about seven years ago, but I started in around 93 that every day I would change my voicemail. It's a great day, Danny Smith. It, it's a great day, Tuesday, May 17th. Please leave your name and number and I'll give you a call back. God bless. Every morning I changed that. Now I did that as a suggestion from, uh, it came out of something from Zig Ziglar because I regularly didn't call people back very often. 
did not on time. I delayed. I just, anyway, so I started changing my voicemail every day because then they were going to know I checked my voicemail because I changed it. So that was kind of a self accountability thing that, that, you know, that I went through. But um, this, this back to the statement says, most people drift through life without devoting much conscious energy to figuring out specifically what they want and what they need to do to take themselves there. Now it falls into the, uh, that habits thing of uh, then you, you identify three habits you need to develop, put yourself on track towards your most important goal. Now, one habit I need, Mark, I need to do, and I'm making a note right now, I need to, uh, I need to rework on my time block. We have a thing on our team, 10, 2, and 4. 10, 2, and 4 is that you make your, your 10 cold calls a day, at 10 o'clock in the morning, you don't finish them at two, you call it or at 10, you, you finish them at two, you don't finish them at two, you stop everything and finish them at four. I can ignore those uh, those reminders pop on my calendar uh, as well as any, as well as I ignore anything. So, so Danny, if you, if, if you reverse processed the thought process example, instead of thinking I have to make 50 calls today, what if the first thing you thought of on your habit was what's going to, how's my end result going to look? And if you focused on that, wouldn't it, it, it seems like it'd be easier to make the calls instead of thinking, God, I got to make these calls. I'm going to think about what the end result's going to be, which would make the calls easier. I'm thinking my goal may not be the actual end of the what I'm trying to accomplish, but patience could give me some other things that I didn't think of as a as a goal. So the goal may not be anything to do with the task. What That's book deep. are you reading? I'm not. I'm just talking off the top of my head. Well, hurry, I like that. I've been doing some reading, studying about first principles thinking. So people use that are people like uh, Thomas Edison, Nikola Tesla, Elon Musk, Aristotle. That's just a pretty good list. And they're like, let's flip the script, attack our assumptions, and then look at the principles underneath that and come up with a completely different way of doing it. Now, I mean, for that leading, I mean, somebody that's like something I want to think about, not just, just think about the process because it really, I mean, it's like, you're attacking the old way of doing things. And if you know, if you look at a Tesla, if he hadn't done that, there wouldn't be a Tesla automobile. Let's cut the chase. So you, you think about that and go, you know, I want to really rethink my business from that standpoint because everyone is in this same kind of business mindset in public accounting. And it is broken. It's not working. I mean, the stress level, people are quitting. They can't, I mean, it's it's crazy. So I need a new approach. So it's like, I like the fact you're kind of questioning the underlying assumptions because when you do, like I'm making 50 calls for, there, somebody came up with a reason to do that. And if it's effective, Danny, for your team, I'm all over that, but maybe there's a way to make the right five calls. I'm, I'm just making it up as we go through, okay? Instead of 50, I don't, I don't know. But it, that just reading a couple of different articles about this first principles thinking, I'm like, wow, this is this is deep. 
not easy to do, but it's deep. Well, my whole my whole marketing is reverse engineering because everybody I bump into has already been doing marketing and then they have to reverse their whole thinking of what they're trying to accomplish. So I'm used to doing that. When my dad was building the uh, guidance systems for all the Apollo spacecraft in Huntsville, I remember him coming home all the time talking about reverse engineering, that to solve a problem, they had to first think what they were trying to accomplish with what they were trying to solve. I think that kind of got built into me as a kid, right? So that's the reason I bring that up is I wonder if it's easier to obtain a goal if we're thinking about the end result as opposed to the habit of just doing it. That was my point. Okay, well, let's move on into page 57, finding your mojo. Assuming willpower, Hmm. this is good. Assuming willpower is what you need to change your habit is akin, and he's saying you need to assume it. It's akin to trying to keep a hungry grizzly bear out of your picnic basket by covering it with a napkin. Mm-hmm. To fight the bear of bad habits, you need something stronger. When you're having trouble doing the hard work of achieving your goals, it's common to, to believe you simply lack willpower. I disagree. It's not enough to choose to be successful. What's going to keep you consistent with the new positive choices you need to make? What's going to stop you from falling back? What's going to be different this time? As soon as you get the slightest bit uncomfortable, you're going to be tempted to slide back into your old comfortable routine. You know, kind of like me, uh, Tom, you know, last few years, W-2 employee, especially since 18, uh, you know, Tax Reform Act and all of that, you know, my W-2 wage is pretty simple just mm-hmm. to do no Schedule C and just do a turbo tax. But I will tell you right now, for as long as I can remember, when it came time, whether it was to get my stuff to an accountant or do my taxes, guess what got done? I cleaned my garage. Stuff I never do, my wife will tell you, I start cleaning something. I start clean. I start doing stuff I don't want to do because I don't want to do my taxes. Because it's because it's that much better than doing your taxes. Yeah. Dang, yeah. Danny. That means I got a career. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I start it, saying, well, go, sound like job security. It, it, it's just like how I love insurance. Just kidding. I did a lot of insurance audits early. And when you talk to clients about insurance, this big iron door drops. I'm not even selling like, hey, you're self-insured. They go, no, I'm not. I mean, you know, Paul, you know the deal. So, so I mean, so, thanks for sharing that, Danny. I'm going to use that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 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 so just think about what he's saying here on 58. You've tried willpower, it's failed you. You set resolutions, you let them go. You thought you were going to lose all that weight last time. You thought you were going to make all the sales calls last year. He says, let's stop the insanity and do something different. Forget about willpower. It's a it's time for why power. What's interesting, he wrote this before Simon Sinek's book, Where to Find Your Why or whatever it was. He says, type of your choices are the only, your choices, go back to chapter two, your choices are, are only meaningful when you connect them to your desires and dreams. The wisest and most motivating choices feeds into what you were saying, Herdy, and you haven't even read the chapter. The wisest and motivating, most motivating choices are the ones aligned with what, with that which you identify as your purpose, your core self, and your highest value. You've yeah. got to want something, you know why you want it, and you'll end up giving, or you'll end up giving too easy. 
So what is your why? You've got to have a reason if you're going to make significant improvements in your life and to, to make and, and to make you want to make the necessary changes. Your why must be something that is fantastically motivating to you. You've got mm -hmm. to want to get up and go, 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 go for years. So, so Danny, so having a why as opposed to trying to manage your willpower makes total sense. Think about that. It, it, when we try to manage and control ourselves, that's really difficult. But if we give ourselves a why, right, it just hit me that the why becomes becomes the end result and you can make mistakes and, and not necessarily manage every piece of it, right? Right. Um, so, you know, it's the same thing we talked about when we talked about our Christian walk, right? Trying to manage your sin as opposed to just realizing you're forgiven and work through it, right? Yeah, and, and then change yourself from the inside out. I'm going to put right. something up here. You made me think about something. This is making me think about something. Let me see if I can get to the beginning of it. I'm going to show you all something. Uh, I listened to this book last week, and I started listening to it again this morning. And um, here we go. Can you all see it? Yep. Bob, Bob Goff, Dream Big. He wrote a book a few years ago. His original book was uh, called Love Does. Uh, guy's an attorney turned philanthropist, uh, uh, works with children in uh, hospitals or schools in third world countries, done a bunch of other stuff. Uh, incredible, incredible. I, and he reads the book and he's really, really funny. And uh, it's, so it's it's a it's a great uh, um, uh, great book to listen to. So he goes on here, and and he talks about some of this. And uh, uh, you heard you made me think about that book, and then realizing you know it's there's a lot of that right here in this book. Uh, core motivation over page sixty one. The access point to your why power is through your core values, which define both who you are and what you stand for. Um, I know Herdy's been through it. I don't see anybody else on the screen here, uh, but uh, uh, the speed of trust and the five cores of credibility. And the second core of credibility is intent. Well, intent live, is lived out in our behavior. And it's driven by our agenda that's driven by our motivation that's fed out of our values. Hmm. Getting your core values defined and properly calibrated is one of the most important steps in redirecting your life towards your grandest vision. If you haven't clearly defined your values, you may find yourself making choices that conflict with what you want. Now, I call that a gap. You know, um, you, you say, here are my values. You list your values out. And then you journal, make notes in your calendar of things that you're doing. Compare that to your values determine the gaps that need to be closed. Hmm. And he has a resource 
there you know, on page 62, the compoundeffect.com slash resources. Um, there's a couple of online um, uh, new links. Love me now, I've seen you links to some online stuff also to help you with your value. Yeah. Um, I was going to go into it, but. Um, uh, then he says, find your fight. Any comments or about the values thing? I mean, I, I think it's essential. I, you know, it's a, I mean, my first step to qualify a client is do we have shared values? Yeah. And if we don't, it, my deal is like it's been nice to meet you and, and the meeting's over. Now, I, I can't change their values at that point. I want to associate myself with people who want my services but share my values. It saved right. me a lot of time a lot of effort and hopefully make better decisions. Well, I'm sure it's also saved you a whole lot of heartache. And, uh, but making that choice up front is yeah. keeping you from a, a lot of frustration. Well, I mean, it, I mean, I'll, I won't name it, but there's an industry right now, we've got some clients in it. And because of how that industry works, I'm wondering if I should have a single, if I should even have clients in the industry. It is that. If you should have clients where? In that industry at all. This industry, I just see a pattern of bad behavior. Even Sounds like realtors. Are, I'm just guessing, but um, I won't say. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Um, and it, it's like completely disconnected companies, but in that, the, the, the overlap is that industry. And, and, I don't want to be the enabler. It's like handing the beer to a drunk. I don't want to be that person. It, the behavior inside the industry is so bad. Even though what they tell you, they're having to deal with the competing having to be their competitor. It, it's, it's, I got some, if I do this, I've got some people got fired. Like, I can't do your work anymore. It's, I got to think about, pray about it because I can't change the industry. And they're kind of, you know, they're in it. They're, they're, they're in the, in the midst of it. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I, and Tom, I would say that for me, um, when, when, when my behavior isn't congruent, doesn't match up with my values, it drives you crazy. Yeah. And, and that, that leads to the stuff where it either gets your attention and you improve it or you go down the tubes even further. Right. Because right. that, that's what leads to depression and uh, some other things, anxiety, uh, so, you know, you got to look at that congruency of that behavior, which for me, that's my big red flag. When I start feeling like I'm out of whack with myself, I know something's right. going on that I'm not addressing. So right. let me share this with you guys. Tom. Good point. Um, Good point, Tom. Yep. Yep. Tom, you'll recognize this guys. Uh, what wasn't planning on doing this, but, but here, Tom, this is out of John Maxwell's leadership commentary. Bible. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is out of the Sermon on the Mount. And those are my values right there. And uh, uh, then here's the what he says about each of those values. And this is why he's got it in there. And uh, uh, you know, anybody let me know, I'll be glad to glad to share it. Sure. Yeah, send it to us. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Please this, send that. This here, this this part here, um, 
part of it in here, some of the italics is not on there. I'll, I'll separate it so you can understand. Uh, look at the verses versus the, uh, um, uh, oh, you know what? This is not the one with uh, his commentary with it. Uh, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll find the one with the commentary and send it to you guys. And, yeah, sure, Dan. I think most of you, if you let me know that when I did my MBA later in life, uh, I did it through Indiana Wesleyan, that Wesleyan school required reading every course was Maxwell's Leadership Bible. And it wasn't just sitting on the shelf. We used it. And that was that was God's blessing because it kept you on track with your work. And I mean, I don't care if it was a math course. You had Maxwell's Leadership Bible. So it, it was really good for me. Really yeah. good. Yeah, it's been a, it's big, a big game changer for me the last 20 years. And um, so, you know, that's, love this right here. I'm reminded of uh, John Eldridge uh, talks about the wild at heart. There's uh, three things every man uh, needs, and one is uh, has to do with you know uh, this here: find your fight. And um, uh, people are either motivated by something they want or something they don't want. Love is a powerfully motivating force. So is hate. Contrary to social correctness. It can be good to hate, hate disease, hate injustice, hate ignorance, hate complacency, and so on. Sometimes identifying an enemy lights your fire. Some of, some of my greatest motivation, determination, and dog persistence came when I had an enemy to fight. And, uh, uh, you know, this, all this is pretty powerful. Um, um, oh, yeah. He ends, he ends this part on page 24, this uh, uh, subchapter. We can all make powerful choices. We can all take back control by not blaming chance, fate, or anyone else for our outcome. It's within our ability to create change. Rather than letting past hurtful experiences sap our energy and sabotage our, sabotage our success, we can use them to fuel positive, constructive change. So here he goes talking about goals and ends this subchapter here with another uh, another life assessment worksheet. So really highly recommend that, you know pulling those. I've got them, guys. I've got a good idea on on uh, Darren Hardy that book right there. You saw that, Hardy? Yep, that book there. That one there, and this got kind of an interesting class. That one there, this is the three separate Darren Hardy classes that I've taken and or one of them five months into start, you know, that I started it in January uh, after reading or listening to this book last year. And um, nothing new. But um, I, I don't know if I've heard anything new, but the way he puts it together, I really, really like. Uh, other than he uses uh, terms like like our friend Scott Carley. Uh, uh, he, you know, Scott uses all these big buzzwords, uh, uh, super, uh, super, uh, superpower and stuff like this. 
Darren Hardy does a lot of that too. Uh, one, one of those is called um, Insane Productivity. Another program is called Ludicrous. And the, the third one's called Hero's Journey. And uh, so I've had to get, I'm not big on those type of buzz, buzzwords. So I, I know you are, Tom, but. Uh... <laughs> so goals, as I mentioned before on page, he's on six, I'm on 65. The, comp, the compound effect is always working. It will always take you somewhere. Question is where? I love that right there. You're going somewhere where you just got to figure out is it where you want to be going. Mm -hmm. You can harness this relentless force and have it carry you to new heights, but you must know where you want to go. What goals, dreams, and destinations do you desire? Paul J. Meyer, I met Paul a couple of times. He's from Waco. Uh, uh, Donnie Hunter, a couple of you know Donnie. I heard he knows Donnie real well. Donnie worked for Paul Meyer for years. Um, he said, if you are not making the progress that you would like to make and are capable of making it, it's simply because your goals are not clearly defined. One of Paul's most memorable, memorable quotes remind us of the importance of goals. Whatever you vividly imagine, ardently desire, sincerely believe, and enthusiastically act upon must come to pass. Or that's the enthusiastically acting part. David, you're not even enthusiastic about those cold calls. Um, the one skill most responsible for the abundance in my life is learning how to effectively set and achieve goals. There's a difference. I'm going to go off script here, but I uh, know Herdy, maybe Paul, I don't know, uh, but. You know, I haven't taught the class in three or four years, but uh, the difference, there's a difference between goal setting and goal achieving. We, it's a, it's a different part of our brain that we achieve goals with than what we set goals with. Say that again. We achieve, we set goals with one part of our brain we achieve goals with a separate part of our brain. And what's in between it, there might be a little dramatic in this, but it's a way to understand it. What's in between there is called a terror barrier. Okay, because our comfort zone doesn't want us to change. Our comfort zone located, you know, it, 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 in our, it's, it's part of our subconscious mind, and, our, and part of our, and our big purpose of our subconscious is to maintain reality. And I set a goal for I'm gonna, I'm gonna make 50 calls this week. I hadn't made 50 calls in a long time. That's not my. That's not the reality of my subconscious mind. It's, I'm going to come up with, my, my garage might get cleaned this week, okay? All right, I might uh, 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 file this year's taxes <laughs> and they're not due yet, okay? It is that, yeah, I'm going to do things I might not want to, I might clean out the inside of my old truck, okay, that needs to be cleaned out. I'll come up with things to do to keep me from doing something like make those cold calls because of that terror barrier 
that's there and uh, that, that has to do with achieving that goal. So anyway. Um, Reminds me of that old book, you know, Eat the Frog, just yep. get it over with, because if not, it drags on and on and on. And then we get into procrastination, yep. which I know David mentioned, and well, everybody can fall into that too, so. Yep. I mean, uh, well, I totally believe in that. Oh, me frog, too. I mean, it, it works for me, because it just, like suddenly your counter looks like a breeze. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not going to wait to give someone bad news. They need to know, need to help them. And it, it's oh, easy to put it off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he goes over here on page 66, how dull setting really works. The mystery secret is revealed. He says, you only see experience and get what you look for. If you don't know what you're looking for, you certainly don't get it. By our very nature, we are goal-seeking creatures. Our brain is always trying to align our outer world with what we're seeing and expecting our inner world. So when you instruct your brain to look for things you want, you will begin to see them. In fact, the object of your desire is always existed around you, but your mind and eyes want open to see it. Talks about our sensory, uh, 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 all the billions of sensory bites of information we, that we get every day. Um, um, when you define your goals, you give your brain something new to look for and focus on. With this new perspective, your mind proceeds to match up on the, I'm in the middle of page 67. Your mind proceeds to match up on the outside with what you want most on the inside. So, so Danny, a, a wise old Methodist preacher one time called me straight to my face when I was teaching recovery classes and getting frustrated said, Life's a struggle. Life's not fair. If you can find a place in between those two things, you'll be a good guy. <laughs> realism, he, he said that life's a struggle and the Christian life and life's a struggle. And then that life's not fair. If you can learn to live in between those two things, you'll be a good fellow. That's a little bit better, probably what I learned in the Navy. Life's a bitch and you die. <laughs> That's the book summary. Yeah. Sure there's paying taxes somewhere in there, too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah I, but see, yeah. that, that's there, there was, that, I, that, thought, yeah. I, I think I think that's the whole was the whole point, right? Is that um I tend to go the opposite direction from you on some things. I think that sometimes we take life way too seriously and we try too hard to accomplish things when in fact we should enjoy life and have things, but not to overwhelm ourselves with, I got to do this, I got to do that. Uh, relax within the, the struggle. Um, I learned at the baseball play. You can't hit a pitch unless you're relaxed at the plate. I don't care. I don't care who you are. You can't hit a curveball, slider, or fastball if you're standing up there gripping the bat like you're going to break it in half and, and trying to think too hard. You just got to stand up there and see what's coming and make a decision really quickly. So I hate to say that, but I, I, I don't take the goal setting near as seriously as half the people in the world. I sometimes don't even set them. I just go, you know what? I'm going to let bygones be bygones this year, and I'm just going to figure out what I want to do and have some fun with it, and then I'll kind of get 
moving forward with it. So I hope that doesn't go off the charts or, but, but sometimes it's just the way it is. I, I well, I mean, you know. we've talked about it and, and uh, I've talked about it many times that, uh, and, and John Maxwell says that if, uh, if he has to pick uh, growth or goals, he's going to pick growth every time. Right. And uh, guys, I disagree. Uh, um, and, and part of that is, 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 you know, in one sense, Hurdy, you're, you're picking a goal and you're doing your goal. Okay. And yeah. uh, 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 so, um, so let's do this. Let's all catch up on the chapter this week. Let's pick up next week with behave yourself starting on, on page 70. And he, and there he gives, uh, he, he gives a formula, which to Hurdy's point that you make choices plus your behavior, plus your habit, then it's all compounded through time and you equal your goal. So yeah. um, he says, this is the doing process or in some cases, the stop doing process. What stands between you and your goal is your behavior. Do you need to stop doing anything so the compound effect isn't taking you into a set down so, so we'll pick up next week on, uh, on page 70. Any parting comments?